Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to your very favorite Spider-Man podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. I am your co-host, Michael, and as always, I'm joined by... Joshua Mervell, and today we're going to be taking a look at Spidey Comics from... Uh, what is, actually, what month? It's, it's March of 1985, correct? That is correct. Yep, March yeah, 1985. Okay. You're right. <laughs> huh. Sometimes it gets a little lost. <laughs> we do this every week. And we should introduce our semi-regular cast here. We've pretty much got, we've expanded our permanent cast. First, we got G.I. Jolie. Boo! Hiss! Woo! Yeah! <laughs> and next, we joining us because she has nothing better to do, Bex Luther. <laughs> I have lots of things to do. What an introduction. I have to shower later. Oh wow! Um, is that is is it because the forty eight hours are up? Oh my god! Just wow. just drag me, everybody on just blast drag so me cool. through I'm the o- mud. I'm only basing it on what you told with. me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's the all only right, social all right. interaction I get all week. All in good fun. All in good fun. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely the pretty much the only cent- social interaction I get as well. So you're in good company here. Apparently not. I'm just getting razzed. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so this week uh, we've got, because, uh, what's it called, Marvel Team Up has been canceled at this point. Rip. We only had two regular issues of Spidey, but we threw in a Spider-Man annual to fill it out, so we have three issues. So, right. yeah, Josh, you can tell us about this amazing Spider-Man annual, especially about who the guest writer is. Right. So, um, normally, I really don't like annuals. Um, usually the, they are just like long and overstuffed and they bring in a bunch of characters because it's an annual and it's just like a, like a big party where all of these Marvel characters are coming together just to, just to be together in a comic and to sell an annual. But this one was actually very good. Um, and yes, the, 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 uh, the, the guest scripter is, uh, Stan Lee for this issue. Stan the man Lee. Yes. Co-creator of the Marvel universe with. Co-creator of Spider-Man with Steve Ditko, yes. So right. everyone knows. I mean, he needs no introduction, right? So. Exactly. Um, so yeah, this is a this is a pretty good one. Uh, we we are following Spider-Man as he's like stopping a bank robbery, and um, he swings over back to the bugle to drop off some of the photos that he just took, and uh, they're kind of all talking about uh, the uh, J. Jonah Jameson's wedding. And Peter is just hearing about this right now because he wasn't invited. So he's kind of he's kind of a little upset about that. Um, So as Spider-Man, he goes to he goes and swings into J. Jonah Jameson's uh, penthouse and and interrupts him and his wife and drops off flowers to congratulate him. And it's a pretty funny scene. So uh, later on, we uh, we. We know that um, J. Jonah Jameson didn't invite his son to the wedding yet, and he's kind of nervous because they're a little bit estranged right now. Um, Not really on good terms. I can't remember exactly what happened, but uh, his son, John, was an astronaut, and I think something happened when he came back to Earth. I don't really know. Yeah, I don't. And I don't know what they're referring to. If it's like like a recent story or an old story, I have no idea. Right. Yeah, I, I think it was an accident and something happened with his brain and he he's having some like 
uh, memory issues and stuff like that. So he's in this he's in this like rehab facility where they can kind of monitor him and monitor his, his like moods and and his memory and everything. So uh, J. Jonah Jameson goes and visits him there and tells him the news. And John is like really upset. He's upset that he's going to be like losing his dad even more because JJ doesn't really come to visit him. So he thinks, thinks that this is even going to take him away uh, even more than, than he already is. So uh, we also see that the scorpion is also in this facility. <laughs> I guess. I guess this is also a prison. <laughs> um, so he it's a escapes. Sanatorium, so yeah. It's yeah. A we uh, we we follow him and his uh, his escape, and it's it's actually a really fun scene where he breaks out and he sneaks out down into the basement and he uses this guy to uh, uh, lead him to the his suit that's in a safe and he cracks it open by just ripping it with his like raw strength, no suit at all. Um, and he goes and he kidnaps JJ's son and, uh, we catch up with JJ and he gets back to the bugle and there's this party, like a congratulations party, I guess, happening for him. And, uh, uh, that's when he gets the news that his son was kidnapped. So Spider-Man goes, uh, Peter Parker hears this and goes, uh, to their apartment to see what's going on. And, um, they're kind of talking about how the cops are there and they're there to protect them. And his wife goes back to, uh, I think the police department or they're going to like another apartment to keep her safe and secret away from Scorpion because Scorpion is after J Jonah Jameson. But Spider-Man has this strange feeling that, um, because most of the cops are with JJ, he's actually going to be going after his wife. So he leaves and um, the scorpion crawls through the sewer and uh, breaks into the building and uh, tries to kidnap his wife. And, and Spider-Man is there to stop him. And there's kind of this uh, fight between them and his wife gets injured. So Spider-Man grabs her and swings out. And there's kind of this like final confrontation on the uh, on this rooftop. Mm-hmm. And uh, Scorpion blasts a side of the building and it's kind of crumbling down and Spider-Man has to web it and hold it as to not um, kill anybody underneath the building. So he's kind of uh, busy with that while Scorpion uh, has a confrontation with J. J. Jonah Jameson and his wife. And John also shows up and tries to stop him. And Scorpion grabs his wife and son and pretty much says, choose who, uh, who you want to die one will live one will die and he he sacri- he like offers himself up to die instead scorpion kind of teases him and says gonna kill you all anyways and uh spider-man shows up and pretty much punches scorpion out and then we cut to the wedding and uh <laughs> jj and his son have kind of made up and um yeah we get a happy little uh ending with this issue so yeah, yeah. first yeah, I mean, I definitely enjoyed it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is probably the first Spider-Man st- story written by Stan Lee since maybe, I don't know, what, 71, 72. I'm not sure exactly. Um, I enjoyed all the narration. I definitely enjoyed the dialogue. Stan Lee is probably the best Spider-Man dialogue writer. Mm-hmm. However, my question is, is I don't know how appropriate or how, how much I enjoyed 
the fact that the whole issue was first person narration because that's not something that Stanley did back in the 60s. So I'm not sure why he chose to do that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of very strange. I, I, right. I, I was thinking that too throughout and I wonder if because um, Spider-Man, like Stanley is so close with Spider-Man that mm-hmm. it was more of like a personal story. So him coming back to write was like him putting the costume back on. Right. Right. Exactly. Like Stan right. like Stan himself kind of stepping back into the role of Spider-Man. So right. it it in a weird way, it both felt like uh Stan and Spider-Man were narrating. Right. Good point. Good point. So um yeah, I and I thought that maybe at the end they were gonna have like Peter telling this story to somebody. Right. Um But they didn't. <laughs> but no, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, that would have no. been nice. That would mm-hmm. be nice. Uh, again, because because of the Marvel method, it's possible that the whole story was plotted, the whole story was drawn, and then for some reason Stanley came and dialogued it. Right, so we don't know right. exactly how it was put together. Um, but yeah, so GI Julie, uh, this is one of the first Stanley stories you've read, I assume. Uh, what did you think of the script in this issue? Um, I I don't really keep track, <laughs> but I read a lot of Stanley Fantastic Four, so oh, it's not okay, the, okay. it isn't the first. Okay. Um, well, at least that I remember. Um, I really liked this one. I like mm-hmm. remember sitting and reading it, and then sitting and looking through it again this afternoon and going, "Wow, this is like really good." Mm-hmm. Like I, this is the first time I read something where I'd actually be like. I'd hand it to somebody who is mildly interested in old. If they were like a kid and they're like, oh, I'd love to read an old Spider-Man story. I'd be like, this one's really fun. And I would hand them Mm -hmm. this. And I think it might have something to do with the fact that the writing isn't just like a punch them all bad guy story. Right. It is for the most, like for part of it, it is, but it's not. It's about... It has other characters written into it and has um, a lot less of Peter Parker whining. A lot mm-hmm. less. I didn't say zero because there was definitely <laughs> right. some of that some of that Peter Parker flave, like that magic that he so often graces us with. But yeah, I really liked it. Vex Luther, what did you think of this issue? Absolute garbage. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm kidding. Oh my god. Could you imagine? No. So like, I was reading this. I I did read it today, and um, my partner who was uh, wasn't we we both didn't have work today. Not that I ever have work, but every so often I would would put my phone over and be like, you got to look at this panel. Like it's so funny, or it's just or whatever. Like I wanted to share it, and I don't. And I, my partner loves Spider-Man, so I should always want to share the Spider-Man that I read. And oftentimes I don't. Um, so for this one, it was just, it was a really fun read. And like Jolie was saying, it was very character heavy. It wasn't so much like bad guy, like the bad guy kidnaps a girl and then Spider-Man punches him and the day is saved. But it's so much more complex than that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you even have in the beginning before like the story really takes place, you have some great like shots of spider-man stopping a helicopter from crashing in the middle of the street and just Mm -hmm. like like you could come into this issue and have never heard of any spider-man characters and and get and be like oh he's a hero and he will he will stop to to save people no matter what like you Mm -hmm. really get that essence of who he is and then 
Also, when you go into the bugle, you get the essence of exactly who everybody else is. Like, you get Robbie's kind of feel, you have uh, Betty, you have even, like, the one-off characters. Like, I don't know who this one red-headed lady is, but, like, just through Peter's kind of mindset, right. you, he doesn't he doesn't like her, and she seems, like, sassy. Right. And then it, it humanizes J. Jonah Jameson so much, this story. Mm-hmm. Like, he's Good not point. just... He doesn't just hate Spider-Man, and it's funny. And... Mm-hmm. The scene where Spider-Man's, like, like razzing him like Mike did to me at the beginning of the episode, it's so <laughs> funny. It's <laughs> all in good fun, Becca. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like, he's just joking with him, joking around with him because he was mad he didn't get invited to the wedding. Like, that's funny. Why would you want to go to the wedding, Peter? And then, right. I mean, anytime Spider-Man kisses a man, I'm I'm here for it. Like, that's just top-tier content for me. That yeah. was hilarious. That was like Bugs Bunny hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've noticed that a lot in these older Spider-Man comics. Not so much in modern Spider-Man, but in the older Spider-Man comics, they were completely unafraid to make him make, like, jokes about him being attracted to other men. Like, all the time, talking about, like, oh, you gotta, like, ask me on a, on a dinner date before you take me out to, like, bad guys and stuff like that. And I, I right. love that. I love how just so it doesn't matter it's so like not even an it's like a non-issue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i just i just enjoyed it and the scorpion is is funny he's a funny character and like brutal and the fact that this guy is taking time out of his day to give him a cup of coffee in the newspaper and hold a cigarette so he can smoke it for him and he still betrays him like what a jerk mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well, he's like evil friends. yeah he was like, like evil in this issue yeah, I mean, like, he, he he kills this guy, right? Like He, he kills a bunch of people. Him, he shoots him in like the back, basically, yeah. Yeah, and we like see his dead limp body. Later on, he's just like shooting cops uh, left and right as he's breaking into the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he doesn't pull any punches in this one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we all agree then. This story is great. I mean... Mm-hmm. Again, we have to give a little bit of credit to Tom DeFalco well, because he plotted it, but Stanley did do the dialogue, so he added an extra layer, I think, of subtext to it. And there was some laugh-out-loud moments in here. I wish I would have wrote them down, but there was definitely a few laugh-out-loud moments with Spidey's dialogue. Mm-hmm. Of course, I can't remember any of them, but they were really funny. It, it was Josh, also pretty intense, too. I mean, mm-hmm. like, the buildup of Scorpion uh, tracking them down was really mm-hmm. great. Um, we see him, like going through the sewers and he's Mm -hmm. trying to track the the building down that they're in through the sewers and he crawls up through the sewer as to not alert spider-man because spider-man has been searching the entire city for him and can't find him and it's because he's underground and um there was a there was a comment earlier on that i thought was such a weird detail and it stuck in my head as i was reading it as like that like in my head i was like they always put these weird details in that don't mean anything and it was when uh the narration said something like they had spider-man swung up to j jonah jameson's 46th floor uh penthouse and i was Mm -hmm. like i was like you could have just said penthouse (laughs) you you know what i mean it's so strange Uh And then, uh, and then we see Scorpion, and he, we're thinking like, oh, he's he's after J. Jonah Jameson, and even like Peter's there listening to the conversation. They're saying it's going to be much safer for her to leave because 
he scorpion is after jj and then as scorpion is crawling up the uh the elevator he stops on the 34th floor and said this is the one i want and as he bursts through the through the door we see that he's actually staring down uh jj's wife and not him okay and i was like i was like oh my god it it was such a weird thing because i was like wait 34th floor they just said earlier they made a point of saying this and then he burst through and it was her so that genuinely caught me off guard yeah it was like diehard level mission impossible like uh twist them around intrigue it was right. legit i was like oh snap you knew he <laughs> might do it and he and you're like nah and then mm-hmm. he does it and it's like yes it's so it's like action movie level uh good right and it's not like crazy clever but no. i think that when you're reading <laughs> it in a comic that's kind of like campy and fun like this it it makes it that much more it feels more serious because it's a superhero story, right? Mm-hmm. And and yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed the writing and the, the, the attention to detail in this issue. The art is fantastic. Um, yes. it, it also helps that we're reading a really good scan of this uh, this week too. Mm-hmm. Um, like the quality of the scan is good and it's like not a touched up version. So it feels right. like the actual comic. Like an actual comic. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and we should point out the pencils are by Ron Friends, who's the who's the regular artist on Amazing Spider-Man, but the inks are by Jackson Geis or Guise, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, and Bob Layton, who Jolie and I met uh, at the Motor City Comic Con, and he is a famous, most famous for his really long run, two long runs on Iron Man, and mm-hmm. I I thought that he really brought out like I don't know the detail in this this issue like. It's like we're used to seeing him inked by um, Joseph Rubenstein, but Mm -hmm. this issue, the art was a lot crisper, I thought. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Bex Luther, did you notice the difference in the art at all? Oh, yeah, definitely. You can, you can very, like, there was no question as to what was actually going on. And Mm. it's not, and it's not so much like the character is doing this and there is a background. Some of it is like actually well thought out placement of art and like, um, On, I'm, there's a lot of other examples throughout, but like just at the end when, um, like the very last panel when everyone's at, like it's the wedding and you see Spider-Man, but it's Peter Parker, but half of him is Spider-Man. I was like, oh snap! I got so excited <laughs> about that. Yep, I love that stuff. So uh-huh. there's the little things like um, the detail of making J. Jonah cry, the detail in like some scenes where there's no background, but they still draw like when Scorpion and Spider-Man are. are tussling and like the boxes are like exploding all over them like you don't have to draw the background for that but they want to know that like they're crashing through things or they're crashing through glass good point yeah the sequence where they're fighting in the dark too is great yes a lot of fun um uh kind of piggybacking on what becca was saying too there's i really love when you can when the artists will set up a scene and they'll show you where they are and everything and have like an establish- establishing shot type of panel. And then mm-hmm. the rest, they don't have to draw in every single detail for you right. to understand what's going on. You just automatically know where they are. Um, and you can really feel that in like when they're in JJ's pen- penthouse, you kind of uh, 
you see like a wide shot of the 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 room and then we see later on like a close up of JJ and his wife and behind them is like the window that Spider-Man mm-hmm. is going to then later on jump through. So we don't have to have like we don't have to have like crazy detail for every single panel. We can then cut to like solid color panels and focus on what's important in the scene. Right. And and we don't have to like worry where everybody is. Uh like I I think that the the panel of like JJ and his wife kissing is really one is really well drawn and two because the background is blank i think it's more impactful and you can see that they're like passion in that moment where if it was like busied and muddied with a background it would be like it would be too much and good point that's a a really big problem with spoiler alert i guess for what we're going to be talking about later on i think it's a really big problem with uh spectacular with the right. art is just a lot of the times there's just too much going on and it muddies what's what's happening. And I would have to go back and reread a lot of the stuff because I was just confused as to what the action was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So this is very clean and uh, well thought out for sure for right. the storytelling. And I just want to quickly mention, we've never really talked about this before, but Ron Friends did go on to have a, a long run on Thor. He had a long run on Superman and in the 2000s, he had a long run on Spider-Girl, which is awesome. Oh, which was interesting. Written, yes, which was written by Tom DeFalco, which was, again, classic Marvel style. And then, I don't know what he's... To be honest, in the last few years, the only thing I know he's done, he did an issue of Superman Beyond, which is a spinoff of Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. And it was... And again, it was with Tom DeFalco, I believe, and it was great. So, yeah, he's still around. And he's another guy I met at the Motor City Comic Con in 1991, maybe. And he was a really nice guy. So just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> so I definitely recommend this issue. Josh, you recommend this issue? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, G.I. Julie. Mm, yeah, I definitely do. <laughs> right. Uh, Bex Luther. Yeah, no, you know I love it. Any, anytime Spider-Man kisses another dude, yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm ready <laughs> right. for it. Uh, oh, but you, you know what? I do have to say... Um, sorry if I cut in, but you know, Scorpion doesn't look like a scorpion. Does that bother anybody else? Uh, he should be like red, right? Are scorpions red? I think some of them are red. Yeah, red, black. black. They're definitely not green. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't look like a scorpion. And it's a little phallic of a tail, not so much a scorpion tail. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird design. I've also just, always thought yeah. his ma- his face is weird, right? Like he has like a clear plastic mask over his mouth or it, something. Yeah, it's weird. It's like it's like it's a mask that's skin tight on his mouth. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like a Power it's, Ranger. It's molded to his face. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. It's just, <laughs> maybe it's just like green face paint. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Just, no, just I, the bottom. I think it's definitely a mask. I just don't know no, what is, Steve yeah. Ditko was thinking like when he designed him. Weird. So, like, yeah. The mask is just full teeth bearing? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because like it's... Oh. It looks like a balaclava, but like made out of spandex and green. Mm-hmm. Like a non-winter, definitely for, for crime. I thought you were going to say for spring. Definitely. For <laughs> <laughs> it's the Scorpion Spring Collection. It'll go really well with that hat that you got for your aunt or whatever. 
<laughs> they sell it right next to them at Macy's or wherever the hell he was at. Yeah. I think it was Macy's. Oh. 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 Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we could talk about this all day, but we have two other comic books to review. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Well, unless we you want could, to keep on. I, I'm cool with just talking about this one again. Okay, sure. Let's review okay, it again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Josh, All right. So this issue, we start off with Spider-Man. He stops a bank robbery. <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy because you think that that's what the story is going to be about. But actually, right. it's about J. Jonah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just redo the whole episode. Start over. <laughs> or you just cut that original part three times. Right. And, see, and, and play a practical joke on our listener. It's Groundhog anyway. Day. <laughs> okay, but seriously, now we're going to move on to a special issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, this is a weird one because it has a photo yeah. cover, which we'll talk about later. Who is this, it's Himbo? A- I am here. Anyway, well, it's, also, it's also a weird one because... I don't know if Bob Layton was just like in the office that day, but this one is written and drawn by Bob Layton. Um, mm-hmm. I, technically, therefore, it qualifies as a fill-in because it's not by Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends, but it's one of those done-in-one fill-ins. You, you, but just so you guys know, there's going to be a lot of these fill-ins coming in the next few years. I don't know hmm. why, but that's just the case. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting time for Spidey. But anyway, uh, so yeah, written and drawn by Bob Layton. Ink by Bob Layton and a guy named uh, Garzon. I'm not sure his first name, sorry. But anyway, in this story, it's kind of cool. Uh, Peter Parker, uh, we get we had a little bit of Spidey action, but the story basically opens with um, this kind of sleazy photographer who's also a pickpocket um, who happens to be at an airport, the same airport that Peter Parker is at. Is it an airport? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's an airport. Okay. Sure. And yeah, they're all he... traveling to see Nixon. Right. Okay. Okay. And he goes and he uh, he's got this wallet that he just pickpocketed from this woman, and he's going. He's trying to. He wants to go somewhere private so that he can kind of rummage through it and take what he wants. And when he goes into this little closet or whatever it is, he comes upon Peter Parker changing into Spider Man. And then instinctively he's like, "Oh, well, I've got this, you know, camera around my neck." So he takes a picture of Spidey and then or Peter Parker half in costume, and he's like, "Oh no." So then Peter Parker's like, well, I got to get the camera back from this guy. So he starts to chase him, runs outside, realizes, oh, no, I'm still in costume. So then he kind of hesitates. The guy gets a head start. He chases him through the airport, blah, blah, blah. Basically, you know, it's a kind of like a quick action chase scene, but Spider-Man ends up losing him. So then we got this really interesting premise where this guy has a photo of Spider-Man with his mask off. So it's Peter Parker, but he doesn't know who Peter Parker is. And Peter Parker knows this guy's out there, but he doesn't know where he is, okay? And so basically the issue is, okay, here's the thing. The issue you think is going to be this huge thing about Peter Parker trying to use his detective skills to track down this guy. But actually, on the next page, he just goes and talks to Ben Ben uh, Urich for like two panels. And he's like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, oh yeah, I know the guy you're talking about. So Peter Parker figures out who it is in one page, which is kind of anticlimactic, but whatever. Meanwhile, the guy gets this idea that I'm going to go and sell Spider-Man's secret to the underworld. That lasts about a page and a half. He gets his ass, you know, kicked out of this bar. So then Spider-Man ends up tracking him down. Uh, uh, sorry, the guy goes ends up going to another 
group of criminals. And Spider-Man, how does he track him down? I don't remember. He gets I don't his know apartment he... address from like... Oh, from Ben Eric. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then basically he goes there, smashes in. A big fist fight ensues between him and these other bad guys. Uh, the photographer gets away and then Spider-Man follows him into an alley and then gets this ID in his head. He's like, okay. Oh, yeah. First, he has a flashback to his origin. So I skipped over <laughs> of that, course. that page. Of course. Yeah, right. <laughs> so then he, follow, he follows him into this kind of alley, this dead-end alley, and basically gets this ID in his head. Okay, the only way this is going to work is if I put on this kind of like vigilante Batman persona, beat up these bad guys, and then scare this guy into giving me back the film from his camera, which he does, and it works. He gets back the film... And basically, all is solved. But then the bad guy, or the photographer, is like, well, I mean, I technically still remember from my memory who Spider-Man is. But, you know, he must live and work here in New York. Maybe I could spot him on the street someday. After all, how hard could it be to find a single face? Wah, wah, wah. And then we see him standing on this street with, like, you know, 100 people around him. And that's basically the end. And I can just say... I like the fact that it's a done-in-one story. I like these fill-in stories. It's a great premise. However, I don't think the way that it was resolved was very satisfying. Uh, G.I. Julie, what did you think? Oh, my God. Okay. So, as a person who has been personally attacked by the villains in a press shark pit... Okay. <laughs> I absolutely love everything that happened in this. Like... Okay. Well, I mean, you have your absolute nefarious types who will do anything to get the shot. And you just wish death on them. Or, like, or some other hijinks. And this is the exact kind of hijinks, like, gang-related hijinks you hope would happen after they leave wherever it is you're taking photographs. So, that's all I have to say. It's relatable. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's relatable to a point. (laughs) And here's the thing is that one of the things Bob Layton uh, mentioned in the interview we did with him, he actually said that when he got hired as a professional, the first thing he did was sell all his comics, which I think is a huge mistake. But anyway, he said that it's more important to live a life than to read comics. And I can bet that he probably got the idea from the story from the, the same type of situation you're talking about, right? Like, this is a pretty cool premise. It's not something you see every day, right? Mm-hmm. And it's probably because Bob Layton has had a far more exciting life than any of us have. But I mean, you could tell by talking to him; he's a really interesting guy. So. Yeah, and like we're we're, uh, of of, and that's the thing is that it may not seem, um, like he's using all of his ingenuity. But here's the thing: Peter is not a detective, so right. it, it could have been plotted better. But again, how do you plot a good? How do you write a good plot when your character is not a good detective? So, of course, he, he would do exactly what you would assume he would do, which is, okay, let's see. Hmm. Photographers seem to know each other. This guy's pretty nefarious. Betcha Ben has heard of him. Let's go ask the guy at work. Like, that's exactly what I would do. It's actually using his brain. I applaud um, Peter for using what little detective skills he does have a hold of in finding mm. the information to f- track down this guy. Because... That's exactly what I would have done in, in this situation. And it worked. Uh, he found yeah. him. <laughs> and right. he was like in a hot water. Like someone took a picture of his face. He was 
effed if that got out. So good point. Yep. Yeah, it just there's something about this story that it's not like any other superhero stories I've written, and I think that the 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 things that you were saying about Bob Layton's experience, I think that has a lot to do with it. And I'd love to read more stories that are like this. Right, like, right. We got Wolfsbane. Is it Wolfsbane? No. Who was shopping for a hat? Cannonball. Can yeah. Right, Cannonball. Yeah. Like more stories like that, please. That incorporate right. things that real people do. <laughs> great point. Yes, that's a great point. I agree. And also a story that's done in one. You can pick this up mm-hmm. and you have the whole story. You don't need to read anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right. I love I love the scene where they're just like watching the New York sunset go down, and it's like you can hear. You can hear the 80s synth music in the background yes. of them both just like pondering what their next move is going to be. And like, of course, he's smoking a cigarette while yeah. it's happening. And like, it is just it's ridiculous, but it's so good. You know, I, OK, you know, what's funny. I'm glad you brought that up. I got to cut in for a second here. I'm a big fan of Michael Mann. Michael Mann is one of the biggest, um, most contributing, or sorry, important creators to work on Miami Vice. Mm-hmm. Michael Mann went on to direct a movie called Heat, which everyone's seen, which di- influenced The Dark Knight, and blah, blah, blah. He's done all these movies, Collateral, etc. Mm-hmm. One of the coolest scenes in Heat is when one of the bank robbers comes back into his apartment and he looks out the window and it's all colored blue and there's a sunset. Guess what, Michael Mann? You got it from this issue of Spider Man, didn't you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's been, it's like this, you're right. It's pure 80s. And I can hear the synth music. You're 100% right. Yeah, it's like, this it's either great. synth music or like the synth saxophone solo from Boys of Summer. Like, yeah, come on. You're, to- <laughs> you're totally right. You're totally right. Okay, Bex Luther, what do you think? Did you enjoy this issue? I'm a big fan of. Peter Parker wearing the deepest V-neck he could find. <laughs> right. What? Yes, bitch. Like, Peter Parker always is dressed ugly. <laughs> and in this issue, he is fly as hell. I love the V-neck. <laughs> like, he starts mm-hmm. off, we're bringing back the web backpack. Love the web backpack. Good accessory. Matches the fit. Super, like, useful. And then he's just wearing, like, jeans. But... Uh, his spider suit's underneath the jeans, so it looks like he's got little spider socks. I like to imagine that they are spider socks. <laughs> they just match the fit. Like, it's a good look. Um, no, I really... I did I did enjoy reading this one. It was pretty fun. Um, it wasn't too complicated, but I kind of liked that. Like, right. It's like how with all these the superhero movies, how we're all kind of bored and tired of like the big giant world ending disaster like the only person in this comic that is potentially gonna get hurt is peter and not Mm -hmm. even physically right like obviously there's like they fight some goons and whatever but it's just oh peter's identity is gonna get out and that's the problem Mm -hmm. there's no scorpion there's no bomb there's nothing it's just kind of like crap kids gotta get that camera Mm -hmm. and that's it (laughs) So I like Very, these, yes. these like simple, like more like oh, it's just like a, a one and done, kind of easy, but also not life threatening story where I'm not like, oh no, is Peter gonna die? It's still like a little tension because like oh, is that gonna fight out who he is? But I don't know. I just I just I enjoyed the the simpleness of it and just not maybe not simpleness, not like the littleness of it. It's kind of like the reason I liked the Ant Man movie was because mm-hmm. didn't have anything really to do with anything else. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The stakes are totally different. Mm-hmm. You know, 
that's a great point because a lot of times in these uh, comics where, you know, if the cliffhanger of the comic is the, the, the lead hero is dead or the lead hero is blind, then you think to yourself, well, I know he's going to gain his sight back and I know he's not dead. So you, there's actually no interest in it. But in this story, you actually think, wow, what could come out of this? This is like, this is bad. He's, he's got to use his wits to get out of it. And sure enough, he does, right? Yeah, and not only that, but the guy did see him. Like, there's still right. somebody who knows what Spider-Man looks like out there. Like, that's still a th- possible threat. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it ends with him still kind of losing, which is one of my favorite kind of ways for comic books to end. Right. And it even gets a little bit dark, too, because there's a scene where Spider-Man or Peter sees uh, the photographer that he's been chasing getting just annihilated in an alleyway and part of him is like do i just let that happen Mm -hmm. he knows what i look like should Mm -hmm. i like and i was like whoa 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 is this another like demon in the bottle type story like what is going Mm -hmm. on (laughs) it was so good right uh joshua mervell what'd you think of this story yeah this one was uh this one was a lot of fun um i really like that this bad guy that (laughs) has been taking advantage of peter and the fact that he knows his idea well i guess he has a picture of him so he has a clue to his secret identity um is just some dude i think i think that is really what makes this because if it was somebody like dr octopus or kingpin spider-man would be tracking a bad guy down to punch them and take the photo away right 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 this this in this issue he has to track just a regular dude that he does not know and somebody he who he still has to protect and who he's there to save and it's mm-hmm. really fun and i and i i also really like the ending with um the fact that it's kind of reversed now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where where spider-man or peter parker was uh tracking down just one guy in, in new york and now at the end, it's the guy that's trying to track down this man that he has never met before and has only seen once. And he only has his memory to go off of. Hmm. So, I mean, like, even if he does find Peter, what is he going to stop and be like, you kind of fit the description of that guy that I once saw in an airport. Right. Right. <laughs> for like right, a, right. for like a split second as I took a picture. Right. It's cool. I mean, you know, I actually wonder if someone ever followed up with this. And if they didn't, it wouldn't it be great to come back years later and do like a sequel to the story? And, you know, this guy comes out of the woodwork and I don't know, it'd be a cool thing, right? Yeah. Maybe next time we say Bob Layton, we can be like, so you're going to do another dirty Jake Jones story? <laughs> there you go. Yes. <laughs> okay. I just Googled Amazing. it. It's his only appearance. But you know what, oh. Julie? That is totally a good idea. We will mention that to him. Mm-hmm. We are like I enjoyed this character. Mm-hmm. He is a sleaze ball, like one hundred p. I'm into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You, you know, sleaze ball five thousand. Something is something really weird about this issue, and I'm I assuming it has to do with the recoloring okay. uh, of this issue. But I know that they use blue a lot to show shading when things are black. So mm-hmm. when somebody has black hair, a lot of the times some of the line work is blue to kind of show like light reflection. 
<laughs> this issue, this guy's hair is pretty much just blue with a little bit of black, like, line detail. Okay. It looked like, I don't know why the entire issue i was like he has blue bright blue hair right, right. it just yeah. did it, it just did not look like he had black hair it was just solid blue most of the time i didn't even notice yeah. that that's a good point though yeah that was annoying um, mm-hmm. um but but again i i really do have a feeling it's it it, it has to do with the recoloring because i'm sure with the um like the newsprint it's darker so the blue which was probably much more muted mm-hmm. so just this like raw color against white it was just this bright bright blue like it's the same blue as spider-man mm-hmm. yes well yeah because well literally i guess right colors. but if they're yeah. but if they're recoloring it you know what i mean it just seems yeah. weird like, why wouldn't they just make a different shade yeah you're right yeah 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 it's very plain for a recoloring yeah and- yeah pretty yeah, like, sad when you when you google like I, w- I wanted to see if he was in anything else too and like just the images there's like scans from like the original comic and it does look a lot less crazy mm-hmm. okay <laughs> yeah and then so, something oh, else i also noticed we have read a lot of spidey comics uh for this mm-hmm. podcast and we've seen his hands a lot but this is the first time i think i've ever seen the button on spider-man's costume for his web shooters okay what page page original page 20 like right at the end as he's um asking for the photo back you see his hand in frame like give me the photo ah. and you can actually see the button that he presses to shoot the webs and tarnation yeah i have never seen that and i always assumed that it was underneath the costume that it, well, technically it is. I technically that's probably a miscoloring. Like, that should be red because it is underneath the costume. Right. Th- that's mm-hmm. the weird thing about Spidey is he does have these bulky metal web shooters underneath his gloves, but you just can never see them. Right. But they are there. Yeah. That's crazy. I mm-hmm. also like the idea that they, even if it's miscolored, this could be that they could be over top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of makes sense that his web shooters would be like on the outside. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's like the like the thinking about yeah, it logically. The, like if it was a Scar- real costume. Like, yeah, the Scarlet Spider um, mm-hmm. redesign by Dan Jurgens, who I don't like, but he put the web shooters on the outside and they look awesome. And then Spider Girl in the 2000s reused that design and it looks awesome. Like it's kind of something that they should consider, right? Mm-hmm. Why not just stick them on the outside? It looks cool, right? Yeah. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I, I really quick, I actually got a Hulk, like, like toy playset thing where you would put, like, a Hulk belt on and a, and a Hulk glove on. And I, I love Spider-Man so much that I just played Spider-Man instead because Spider-Man's gadgets were so cool. Right. But anyway, what were you going to say? Um, I think that, it, like if the web shooters were on the outside, we'd have a lot more like times where they would malfunction and it would be more of like a story point too. Could be. Cause, yeah. a, Cause I find that in the comics, um, especially around this time, if the web shooters ever failed, it was just kind of out of nowhere. Like, ah, oh, beans, my web shooters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just add more suspense. But, um, 
if they were on the outside, I feel like you could visually see them break or get clogged up or jammed and it would like add to it maybe. I don't know. I'm looking at um some MCU pictures and the Tom Holland Spider-Man, his web shooters are outside of his. Yeah. Yeah, they're his kind of like too. built. Yeah. Into the suit, yeah. Um but I think that's so that they can sell web shooters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's oh, like man. it's like the ones in the movie. I mm-hmm. I remember when like I, as a kid I had the the web shooters with the silly string cans. Yes. Oh my god, those were the best. Man, my mother hated those. Yeah. They were fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Siblings so anyway, bothering you? Web them in the face. I'm going to just <laughs> real quick hop on eBay for a second. I actually, okay, just for the record, <laughs> I went on Google and I found something called the Hulk Utility Belt. Ooh. And I'm pretty sure that's what I had. It doesn't look familiar, but it must have been what I had in the 1980s. But if anyone else is out there listening, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, it was definitely a belt with some like things that went on your wrist. So this must be it. The Hulk official utility belt from Remco. That must have been what I had. Damn, why didn't I keep it? Anyway. Ooh, only 25 <laughs> bucks? Okay. Ooh. So. Okay, okay. That'd be so anyway. great. Imagine going to a con and somebody's like, can I get your picture? And they like, they put their hand a little bit too low and you're like, no, web shooters. <laughs> String their phone in the face. <laughs> Shock of a century. Anyway, oh. back to the comic. That is a cool thing that the, that they, it's like the detail. Like, I think it's supposed to be red, like to note that it's a bump underneath the costume, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny. It looks like he's got like a, a, a trick buzzer. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's just so crazy, too, to think that, like, uh, I don't know, like, part of your, part of my morals have been compromised as well, because it's like, I feel like Spidey should have let his, you know, should have let that man perish. <laughs> Not that I care about Well, yeah, it. I know what you mean, yeah. But yeah, then, it's, it's, the next 30 issues would be Peter whining about it. Oh, True. God. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is this a one-off? <laughs> Never mind, it would have been fine. Yeah, <laughs> and and I get that's also why they had the retelling of the origin, right? Because mm. it's like he's gonna have to kind of come across that again with like the whole Uncle Ben situation, where he has to right. step in to save him because he has the power to do so. Yeah, and you know what? Every time we talk about the origin story cropping back up. This is an example of a good time to bring it back up again because mm-hmm. it's kind of within context. Like right. it adds to the f- like it adds to the flavor of the story mm-hmm. and it reminds us that he's been confronted with thoughts like this before. It's not just some it's not just shoehorned in right. to add right. Uh, to add panels and I I don't mind that it's here this time I didn't actually roll my eyes while I was reading and I was surprised at myself right it's really good yeah I I kind of did but <laughs> but because because it was before you not rolling your eyes? that's very true uh, but I think it was just because it was before oh before I realized why they were doing it. Mm. And I wish that I wish that they, they, they just didn't do this as much. So that way 
I would really enjoy this in this comic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, it mm-hmm. I feel right. like because they really shove it in your face so much, like, guess what? He could have saved Uncle Ben, but he didn't. And it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I get it. So like here it makes sense and I want it to have an impact on me, but I feel like I'm just so desensitized f- by it because they always show it in flashbacks that I'm just like, yeah, okay, yeah, I get it, Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. Fair point, fair point. Uh, there's one thing we haven't talked about yet. I'm surprised we have not mentioned the photo cover. Uh, Bex Luther, I did. You, yeah, well, you sound like you're a big fan of this cover. Tell us about it. You don't like it? I love. I like it. I like it. I mean, there was a trend of photo covers at this time. It's pretty cool. Well, like, what is it you like about it? Uh, the composition is really nice, and how it like reflects what's going on in the comic, and the fact that um, his sh- shoulders to waist ratio. <laughs> He's got okay. the good Chris Evans Dorito going on. Gotcha. Big big fan of that Dorito shape. The upside down Dorito. I, I like it. I think it's cute. And the little jeans with the belt buckle and his little like yeah. curly curly hair. And the guy. Yeah, and it. Oh, go ahead. Huh? Oh, no, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, and it's clearly like taken in the office that they. Yeah. Put <laughs> like it's just some guy in like the print. Like you could see all the prints and stuff in the back. Like it's just the right. office. Yep. That's exactly what I was going to say. And it's in no way was it taken um, into shooting in, like, shot in a stock room at Marvel headquarters. With just, like, <laughs> one of the editors, like, taking the picture as, as, like, the bad guy. Like, they're like, who's the hottest guy we have at the office? And it's, like, some guy who's just there, like, to drop off a package. And they're like, hey, you want to be Spider-Man? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, or I, s- someone's I go- son is visiting for the day or, or this is the guy that gets the coffee maybe <laughs> well I, I at this at the time I don't know did we talk about this yet um, on the know. podcast there at the time they actually had um, whenever they would have events they had costumes ready for the their characters but they had specifically people hired for each character so it wasn't that they sent okay. the costume off to events. They actually had specific people playing each Marvel character and they would fly them out to each event. So okay. when awesome. you saw Spider-Man, it was the same Spider-Man at every single event. Same with Stop. Cap. Yeah. So this <gasps> really? might actually be the official Spider-Man. Okay, well, guess what? I just looked on uh, CBR.com. This guy on the cover here, Becca, write this down. His name is Scott Leva, uh, L-E-V-A. Um, I guess he was used in promotional p- material to try and pump up the idea of a Spider-Man film by Canon Films. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he's a stuntman and Excuse stunt coordinator. Me. <laughs> also, Becca, he's a gymnast, which explains his shape. Uh-huh. <laughs> this They're episode of Spider-Cast sponsored by Doritos. <laughs> don't eat them just look get like flavor them. blasted <laughs> or that <laughs> <laughs> what's this guy been up to I'm interested he's got like four pictures and that's it oh come on look at these other pictures of him as Peter Parker what a fox like this is a this is a hunky dude oh he didn't age well though Aww. sorry Scott oh no Aww. 
Too much roids. He does stunts for <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Wow. Oh. Wow. So, so is this how game. you He was picture... in X-Men. Sorry. <laughs> Back to Wait, the comic Was he in X-Men? Um, he was Waterboy number two. How cool. <laughs> Moving up in the world. Okay. So. <laughs> from, from Spider-Man so, to Waterboy number two. Is this what you guys pictured when you picture Spider-Man in real life? Is this the face no. of Spider-Man? No. Uh, I mean, it's, kind of. I guess it's kind of similar to how he's drawn in in, in this issue. Um, he maybe looks a little too old because I, I know he's in college now, but I still think of him as like high school Peter. Right, right, right. right so right. sometimes seeing him like aged up like this is a, is a little strange. But I guess, yeah, I guess that that would be what a college guy that's completely jacked looks like right exactly i just i just don't picture spider-man with like thighs that could crush a watermelon or my face you know (laughs) right yeah it's just it's too uh it's too steamy (laughs) yes like when you think of like this kind of body type it's more of like a batman kind of superman kind of thing and like mm-hmm. Spider-Man needs to be lean, and he's obviously still gonna be muscular, but he has to be like lean and speedy, right? Like right, 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 right. It's like yeah, whenever... like in sorry, like go an ahead. Ezra Miller, like an Ezra mm. Miller. Yeah, like um, like they do they do this all the time where like Jack dudes want to be Nightwing, and it's like sorry, you can't be Nightwing. Nightwing <laughs> needs to be skinnier than you with a better butt. Like <laughs> Spider-Man has a good butt for sure. Yeah, but maybe maybe not the. The, the big shoulders and the okay so like a Harry Styles yes and a dress yeah yeah exactly <laughs> I mean airflow it's important so. yeah mm-hmm. I don't like photo covers <laughs> so Sorry, just yeah let's yeah so photo covers in general we kind of don't like we've seen a few right we saw that Marvel mm-hmm. team up with Spider-Man and Captain America right um, mm-hmm. around this time there was also a Spider Woman one I think on our last issue with Tigra and some others on it right I'm not uh, a big fan either just gonna look that up real quick I think we there also saw one with <laughs> we also saw one with like Spider-Man on the on like the roof and the picture was so bad it was oh, really was early that? on when we were when we started the podcast okay I'm gonna look that up I'm Marvel trying to remember covers it was really. It looked like a like a poor cosplay photo shoot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This one I think is pretty well done. Um, it also makes sense for this issue. Um, uh-huh. and, like because this actually happens where the other one it's just like Spider Man posing for a picture on a rooftop. Right. 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 So I I didn't mind that and the, this whole um, issue is based around a photo so i feel like this is maybe the only time where i'm like okay i understand why you would do this Mm. like this one makes sense i would have rather you know not a photo cover but Mm. well it's such a shame that the the link that mike just put in the chat if you scroll down there um he did do uh like layton did do a backup pencil version of the cover and it's really good oh really yeah, and it is like good to the point oh, where yeah. I don't like the photo cover anymore. 
<laughs> now I have to ask Becca, did oh. you find uh, Spider Woman number fifty photo cover? I did, and I was not as excited about it. Oh, as really? I was hoping to be it. Well, one when I googled Spider Woman photo cover, it did come up, but also did that Milo Minara garbage cover come up? Oh, and I'm like, yeah. Uh, if I need to look sorry. at that one more time, I'm gonna have a conniption fit. But also like, I don't. Whoever took this picture doesn't know how to photograph women. <laughs> Could be, could be. Or like these, these women are really uncomfortable. Well, I have to point out if you if you guys are looking at it right now, and if you're listening to uh, to us at home, that the person in the Tigra costume is Anosenti, editor Anosenti. So just keep that in mind when you look at it. But anyway, the really teeny tiny Tigra down at the bottom. Yes, that's ah. Anosenti. Anyway. <laughs> Who who's okay. the person like running with just like sneakers? Uh, that's um at the bottom. That's 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 parkour man. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that? <laughs> like, we'll do a, we'll do a special on photo covers. Is that werewolf by night? It it, it kind of um, just looks like it might like be Doc Brown yeah, it might with be, running yep. shoes. <laughs> and then there's a guy with a scythe. What is this? Sounds like awesomeness to me, and I want to read it. <laughs> I like the oh, guy. Oh, look at this! I like the guy <laughs> above who's who stuck his his arm through the bars, and is holding his like sword through. What are you gonna do with that? <laughs> he's just gonna like wave it around a little bit. And he's like, "Oh wait, guys, hold on, hold on." And he's got to like reach around the top of the rail to grab the weapon with his other hand so he can take it back out. So okay, oh, let's yeah. just. Let's uh let's just say I did send a link that shows all well so it shows three of the spider man or the photo covers the dazzler one which we reviewed on Quasar Chronology and it I shows the spider yeah and it shows the it spider sucked. man and Captain America uh cover uh I'm not sure if that's the one you were talking about Josh but it's pretty terrible but um yes oh, I think I like it was the Spider Man one, one. the let's one with Captain America it's charming but yeah let's wrap up the uh the sp oh, yeah. uh, the photo cover discussion let's talk about uh spectacular spider-man so yeah we all sorry we all recommend that issue right i recommend it gi julie yeah i do i like it i recommend you also search out that bob layton cover because i saw it just as becca was talking about how it made her not like the photo anymore yes i I found it yep yeah a hundred percent i'm into the the bob layton cover the backup i'm like wow Mm -hmm. okay good stuff like it's like the print that uh, you'd see on his table and you'd be like, oh, $50? Okay. <laughs> right, right. I'll take jo- two. Josh, you recommend it? Yes, for sure. Me too. Bex Luther? Yeah. And then also go look up that other, that alt cover. <laughs> yeah, really we'll good. definitely, we'll post that with our post for sure. Mm-hmm. Now it's really we're going to to Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man number 100. The last issue by Al Milgram. Thank the Lord. Okay, but anyway, uh, Bex Luther and Judge Julie, you guys are gonna team up and tell us what this issue is Marvel about. Marvel team up. Yeah. I don't know why you were so ex- uh, like upset, Josh. This was amazing because the spot was in it. Well, <laughs> right, and it starts off strong with Kingpin in a speedo. With just an amazing Kingpin. Yeah. How 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 is that upsetting at all to anybody? How did that just not make your day? No, it started off really strong, and then maybe and then he put on a robe, and then I was like, okay, well, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) Oh yeah. 
And then he tore off Black Canary's wig. Black Canary. I keep calling her Black Canary. Black Cat. Black Cat. Black Cat. Yeah. Black Cat. Oh, wait a second. Catwoman. It's all the same lady. (laughs) Okay. So this issue starts, like we said, with Kingpin in a Speedo. He's just like working out. His workout is to like have people dressed as Peter uh, (laughs) Spider-Man and Black Cat attack him. So dumb. It's like, is this his workout or is this something that we might have not, like, should not have seen? Like, are you... I, this is this, like it's okay if you have a kink, Kingpin. You're allowed to, but I don't oh, want to yeah. be a part of it. His kink, though, is that it upsets him so badly <laughs> that he he it affects him in a way that um, breaking the bones of these innocent innocent people it just doesn't do kicking their real asses justice. Like he gets so upset about it that he puts the robe on and walks away. And I'm like, wow, man, Kingpin is soft. so yeah he's just like okay you know i'm out of here like i can't deal with this anymore but i'm gonna go see what my man spot is doing but i guess he doesn't know that spot is spotty no so he's so uh dr what is his real name dr ohm whatever dalmatian boy um Mm -hmm. he never tells him he's like oh crap i don't think i should tell him that i have these powers because i want to i want to be able to do stuff with them right so then mm-hmm. there's a brief little interlude where, th- where he explains his powers again because he's a new character and he has to do that. And then just as <laughs> Kingpin's about to like break down the door, he finally figures out how to turn back into a human mm-hmm. by like smerging all of the spots into one spot. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is fun. kind of funny. And then he just puts a jacket over top of yeah. everything. <laughs> Perfect. Hidden. Yeah. It's like, it's like when gangsters cover up their bullet wounds, they just put a t-shirt on. Yeah, it's That's gone. all that is. Yeah. So, yeah. So he um, doesn't want to tell Kingpin about his powers, which, I mean, fine, don't, I guess. And then Kingpin orders him back to work. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, cool. Uh, you're doing all you can. I see. And then he goes and he visits uh, Vanessa. His who ailing is wife. Like, yeah. Who's like on another floor and being kind of monitored by a private doctor who, in a strange, like, <laughs> sort of... It's just the doctor's sitting there in the dark with Vanessa and he's kind of like in his mind griping about like, is this my life? Would my parents be proud of me? Like I'm the private doctor to a freaking millionaire kingpin. And um, he's just I, I find it strange that that's like that they included that inner monologue. But it's nice. They want you to know that he regrets going to medical school. It's important for the plot later on. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And I thought this whole time that Vanessa was maybe comatose or like kind of a vegetable. But I guess she's not. She's she's just been in a weakened state. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it it seems like maybe she's, um, you know, dying from the age old... um, like woman's affliction of hysterics <laughs> she doesn't want to believe that her husband is the kingpin and it's driving her crazy and also killing her it's so mm. weird i hate this Listen, i think this is the first time we actually see vanessa and like get a hint of like what's actually wrong with her and what it turns out to be is women be crazy right and it's just like oh come on this is stupid what to be fair the rest of the comic also also says women be crazy right that's true (laughs) that's true yeah we'll get to we'll get to black cat later um yeah so i guess babes yeah babes and in the grand tradition of women be crazy they're like oh 
they're the new the new um tenants that we've been introduced to in a different episode was a bambi candy and randy and mandy and shandy randy. and no randy candy and bambi yeah then yeah and so they're all outs- and- <laughs> they're all outside peter's apartment door <laughs> contemplating like whether they should knock on it to invite peter to the beach because they heard him come in late and it's you don't want to be the woman who wakes a sleeping man. God forbid. <laughs> yeah, you like... you knock on a single man's door in a bikini and ask him to come with you to the beach. He's going to be furious. Right. Three, oh, yeah. three almost identical women in bikinis knock on your door and you're like, what? it's 9 a.m. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. I have to get my beauty sleep. Anyway, he's having I... a horrific nightmare while this happens. <laughs> It is like pretty it's it's kind of crazy and it's like it's black cat he's walking in this like weird hellscape of like sleepy hollow with black cat and mary jane and they're both um are they fighting about hold on let me see oh the inner turmoil turmoil is that they all know he's spider-man but they all want him to be something different mary jane wants him to be peter because it's safer for everybody. Um, and Black Cat wants him to be Spider-Man because shh, it makes her horny. Like, I guess. And that's that's the turmoil inside there in this little dream. And all the while, the the, the third thing that kind of is plaguing Peter is that the, the, uh, the black suit is also a problem. <laughs> Oh no, me and my three girlfriends, Black Cat, Mary Jane, and the symbiote from space. <laughs> what? Who do I choose? It's it's like so weird. It was a weird dream. I was like reading it and going, what, what, what is the, is this like a, is this going to mean something? No. Why would, why would that? It's, right? it's also especially so weird because it's like he, he was, he missed going to the beach with three hot babes because he was dreaming about two other hot babes. That he's also involved with. Yeah. Man, it's just Peter, like, you're getting unrelatable. Was it yeah, wasn't Peter Parker <laughs> supposed to Parker be like lock, down eh? on his luck with women? But he's just got mm-hmm. yeah. five of them right now, I guess. And then one more <laughs> well, call six if when you he count. Oh, True. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- that's the thing, is that another a fourth a fourth, I'm including the symbiote as a third. Um <laughs> yes. th- a third woman calls him out like on the literal telephone and that's how he kind of wakes up mm-hmm. and she um it's shishan shishan shawana sure she's calling him again because she's having issues with flash thompson and flash is being evasive again about where he's going or where he's been and uh she's called peter to come over to help her and peter being like the loyal friend is like sure thing i never thought i'd have to be cleaning up my ex uh enemy flash thompson's romantic uh romantic i don't know problems mistakes but you know here we are these are the crosses that i bear And, like, Shashan needs some lady friends, because I read this, and her first thought is to call Peter, be like, oh, can you see what he's up to? Meanwhile, if she called me, I'd be like, uh, girl, dump him, he's being sketchy. (laughs) Yeah. So, what Peter does to help is that he takes 
he dons the Spidey costume and follows him. Uh, Because it's a more, I guess, I mean, if you see someone swinging around following you and you see that it's Spider-Man and you don't know that one of your good friends is Spider-Man, you wouldn't really think anything of it. You'd think, oh, there's Spider-Man fighting crime, right? And I guess Flash is probably not too observant since he doesn't notice. And yeah. Peter makes a note. He's like, oh, I wouldn't have any cover soon if it wasn't for like these sparse trees. So they make a note to be like, oh, Flash really didn't see him. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's really funny that in the middle of like Central, well, not Central Park, but wherever the stadium is, there happens to be a tree that Spider-Man can conceal himself in. <laughs> always. It's always convenient. So yes. he follows him to the stadium where he's like trying out for a football team, like a, like a professional football team. I didn't <laughs> know that you could just do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure there's recruiters and stuff, but whatever. And it turns out that Flash is not as good as he was in high school. Shocking, he peaked. Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyway, it doesn't matter because Peter's like, whoa, he's just playing football. That's that's nothing. And then, of course, Betty shows up. Betty, who is Which... cheating on her husband, Ned, with Flash, who's cheating on his girlfriend. Yes. Right. And like in the last the last issue it was so crazy because they had a whole dinner where they talked about how them just being friends was no big deal. And it's she's here like hugging him and like this is like girlfriend stuff. And he's like the next pass is for her. Like I don't I I love how we're we're so invested into this really side story of Flash Thompson cheating on his girlfriend, but I'm really invested mm-hmm. in it. <laughs> Yeah, the next thing he's going to do is he's going to give Betty his pin, and it's going to be the end of her marriage. Just you wait. (laughs) Well, I'm excited to see where that goes, and that was the end of it. Weird issue. Not a whole lot of Spider-Man, but you know. No, but you know what they do do, which we haven't (laughs) seen, (laughs) is they show, I think the last issue we also see the symbiote, um, he takes over the body of a tourist, and in this issue, it like leaves off right where it left I it love left that. With that tourist because we get this like spongy <laughs> spider-man mm-hmm. like um falling Just through the air his way through the through new york and everyone's like well yeah. there's spider-man and everyone's like uh is that spider-man <laughs> it's like he's thick he's kind of curvy it's kind of funny and it's really awkward and then um, it's and oh sorry go yeah. ahead Oh no, I was just gonna I was just gonna say that and then we get back to like like the last issue. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> like we go from like, oh cool the symbiote's like like is this clumsy Spider Man then I'm like oh and now he's with Black Cat and they're talking about their stupid feelings and it's dumb. But that's the thing is that they don't. He calls her on the telephone and says, Look, babe, I'm not going out tonight <laughs> in an attempt to get her to stay in. She's like, yeah, sure, no probs. Yeah, so he's like, okay, good. She doesn't think I'm going out, and she didn't say she wanted to, like, come over. So now I'm free to go and uh, best the kingpin tonight. And she has the exact same thought. So, like, maybe they're perfect for each other. uh, Or they're both stupid. Or both. Yeah, so they both, they both... And this brings us back to the action happening at the kingpin at the kingpin's lair. Like all of this subplot, which was honestly on the whole maybe a little bit unnecessary, kind of entertaining. But we get back to the real meat and potatoes spot. 
My yeah. favorite character. Oh yeah, so he takes his lab awesome. coat off, revealing his spot. Ness. <laughs> yeah. I love how he just, he threw, once he figured out how to hide all his spots, he really did just throw a lab coat over it. Because the moment the kingpin, like, ducks out to go see Vanessa, he's like, all right, like, let's shake this off. And he's, like, taking off his lab coat. And he's just full, like, shirtless underneath with one spot. And then we get to probably the most interesting couple pages of the comic where the spot, like, talks about how his powers work and how he's figuring them out. And in a comic (laughs) where nothing happens, I was like so enthralled i was like oh cool so he can stretch him out or walk through him and cover stuff up that's really interesting and then yeah. of course we we don't explore that anymore but that's that's fine but <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there's a part where he's like oh good thing i put a spot here before it makes a really good like he's using them to transport himself around the town <laughs> yeah he can <laughs> just leave the them places yeah and i thought that was like really cool so Great anyway idea. like yeah. Like, we, long story short, he battles a spot. Yeah. We get a really Felicia interesting scene mm-hmm. where, like, mm-hmm. the, the the camera is covered by polka dots. <laughs> but yeah, so he's he's fighting the spot, and he doesn't realize that the spot is, ha- can do the things that he could do in the in the last fight? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, 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 and it just, like... It, it, it does this really weird thing where it cuts... Like, as if they're, like, really bad cuts from, like, and then back to the symbiote flailing around in the air. I do like it, that. It releasing the tourists. I mean, I <laughs> I posted it on social media, but um, that was my favorite part. But, like, Felicia shows up, as she always does. She ruins the party, as she always does. And then, um, like, I mean, for the sake of brevity, um, Kingpin tells her, not only do you did I gift you with the power of bad luck? But because I knew you were with Peter Parker, I also gifted you that your bad luck power transfers to people that you spend lots of time with. So like we figure out that it's, it may be lame, but that's the reason why her bad luck powers are affecting Peter. And then she comes to the realization that she's like, Oh great. If this is how it's going to be, then I really can't be with him. Mm-hmm. And this is this is what it takes. So anyway, Peter fights the kingpin. <laughs> so anyway, kingpin... we have emotional uh, situations, and then Peter fights the kingpin. <laughs> yeah, the kingpin falls on his ass. Uh, I don't really know how he he takes like a spiral staircase and hits Peter with it, which is like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, and they make a note to be like, oh, you don't have any powers, but he's like holding an entire staircase. Yeah, compromising the structural integrity of his like penthouse apartment, I'm sure. But, and then it cuts to sad sack Felicia again, just wandering around on top of the building. Like she's full out of the action because she's so distraught about the news about Peter. <sighs> and then Kingpin yeah. lets him go. Right? He just calls the right. cops and lets him go. He's like, get mm-hmm. out of here, you you're rascal. Even though, like, two pages before, he's like, I'll kill you. And he's like, eh. Vamoose. Yeah. It's... And... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, you go ahead, Josh. That's a big problem in this issue, I find, is that stories are just resolved because of the, the comic's ending, so we need to get these characters back to their houses for the night so we can start so we can start the next issue 
it happens with <laughs> Spider-Man and Kingpin. Like, why does Kingpin let him go? I, I guess he was kind of losing, but he wasn't done yet. Spider-Man just like threw him into a control panel. And he's like, I'm going to press this button. I'm going to do it. I'm going to call the cops. It's like, okay. And then earlier on, we have Black Cat and Kingpin talking. Um, when he reveals the powers, like her, that her power is like a double-edged sword. It'll also affect people mm-hmm. that you spend too much time with. She's like, I'll kill you for this. And he says, your power's all but useless if I don't attack you. And I won't. Which means he was there defenseless. Her powers don't kill people. She kills people like <laughs> herself. And she just runs away mm-hmm. like, you're right. My powers won't affect you. So that means you can't die, I guess. It's so weird. Like her, she would have to like actually kill him. Why didn't mm-hmm. she just do it? Yeah, he wasn't going to attack her. He, he it would have been exactly. perfect. He he was really like the one that was screwed in this situation, and she just runs mm. off upset. Well, yeah, she's Ugh. she's a woman, right? And they can't think they don't think straight. Oh, you smart man, you bested me. I better go cry on the roof about it. It would just is exactly yeah. She one hundred and ten percent does that. She Batman's it on the roof, all mopey. And then we end the issue with, of course, them talking about their feelings, because we, we haven't done that yet, actually. Yeah. And so... And, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, in, in what took, what, a year to do, they finally ended. Finally. In the most anticlimactic way possible. And it's funny because yeah. Peter ends it because he finally realizes he's like oh she's not she good sucks. for me because she wants me to be something i'm not and i can't do that and he makes the very mature real conclusion that this is not a healthy relationship and he should end it before both of them get even more hurt and she retaliates by being pissed off that he was the one who dumped her it's so stupid <laughs> oh god i hate this issue and then he goes back home and he's all sad and he ta- he fully takes his costume off Talks about how he's so tired. And then he's like, "Ah, I can't sleep. Puts the costume back on to leave. Yeah. But I think think the symbiote is on it this time, though. So. Uh Well, the symbiote's waiting, yeah, in the wings. In the closet. Uh, yeah. Which is a metaphor? So. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um, God, I hope so. Because if they don't add some spice to this love life if the, if they're gonna put his love life into a comic and they don't add anything of uh value to it then i'm just gonna burn that apartment building he lives in to the ground because th- enough is enough i will say though it ended and now i'm kind of like now that they're actually broken up i'm way more interested in their relationship yeah. like she seems pissed i can't wait to see what stupid thing she does actually yeah i hope yeah i hope she i hope she just turns right back to life of crime and she let like lets that drive her because that would make her far more interesting anything she did anything she does for herself to get back at peter will be far more interesting than any of the one things that she did which was throw herself at him to get into peter parker's pants like who cares about that i don't care and it's so weird in this issue that she she flip-flops so much. So, like, when she first breaks into the Kingpin's um, lair or whatever, and she's like, whoops, I just just dropped right in the middle of all these goons. 
And the dialogue she has with them is actually kind of funny. And the fact that she just toys with them is kind of funny. And like, mm-hmm. like she has a personality for a second. And then she's immediately like, oh no, Kingpin! I guess right. I'm gonna be <laughs> the, sad about Spider-Man again. The writers remembered that they were writing dialogue for a woman. Yeah, they so were they like, were oh. Like, oh shoot. Uh, back to being fragile. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's such a shame. It sucks, yeah. I it really it really sucks that this is the end of the story because Black Cat was such a strong character uh, when we were first introduced to her and like mm-hmm. the beginning of uh, Peter and her and, and Felicia dating it was really fun and then it just mm-hmm. dragged on and then she turned from being a character to a plot point in Peter's story instead of this being their story together. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunate. I don't know what to think about her or her arc. Sorry, go ahead, Becca. I was just gonna say it shouldn't be too hard that all when as soon as she gets a boyfriend, it doesn't change the fact that she could still be her own person. But then I guess not. <sighs> yeah, it's stupid. Uh, I'm really ha- happy that this is over and that she's out. Not because I dislike the character, but because I I really dislike what they've done to this character, and that mm-hmm. this story has been dragging on for just far too long. Um. Yeah. Yeah, she again, she she's turned from a character to like a plot point in in Peter's story and it really mm-hmm. sucks. It really bums me out because this whole idea of him having two women in his life and him having to decide which side of himself that he wants to um be, does he want to side with MJ and be Peter Parker or does he want to drop that life and just be superhero with Black Cat and be Spider-Man forever and he's always juggling that balance um, in in all of his stories really and to actually kind Mm -hmm. of see it really visualized in this way is is interesting and having it's almost like like those two sides have always been like conflicting but now it's like with MJ and Felicia, it's almost like those two sides of himself are personified and he now they're now actually fighting over him. But we never really got that story. You know what I mean? Like we never really saw that conflict. We just saw them each issue moping on a rooftop like mm-hmm. something's weird here. Huh? I wonder why Felicia doesn't want me to be Peter. Why is she acting mm-hmm. so strange? And it just drags on over and over again. And it's, yeah, it's a, it's a bummer because it, again, yeah, it, it seems like it would be a really fun story. Yeah. If they just explored these, these kinds of things a little, because like we all get into relationships where the other person wants us to be some, someone else. Mm-hmm. And it would just be nice if the kids who are reading these stories learn from the adults who are writing them about how to work through these feelings and thoughts effectively rather than just running away from them, uh, denying that they exist. Like it, it teaches, it teaches us to center our emotions and it teaches us no life skills. And these are the kinds of comics that these are the kinds of comics that the comic code authority should be like banning. Right. (laughs) Because at least somebody exploding somebody else is mm, it could be argued as it's like a natural progression of thoughts and emotions (laughs) but (laughs) 
more so than this at least so i can't recommend this comic at all uh i can just say i am really glad this story is finally over um now alan ogram's only written i think oh 10 or 11 issues of spectacular spider-man but i haven't really enjoyed any of them um so yeah this is mercifully mercifully over um <laughs> But I do want to say the art was better in this issue. Did anyone notice that the art was different? It was inked by um, Jeff Isherwood, who's a good artist, and Vince Kalita, who's not a good artist. But did anyone else notice that the art was drastically different in this issue? Not really. Or at least different. No. Uh, no, honestly. No. I... I... Okay, like, I'll give you some examples. Sure, yeah. Um... Okay, let me just... Okay, uh, digital page 18. There's a, a incredible shot of Spider-Man swinging over the city. I can only assume that Al Milgram penciled in a crappy shot of Spidey and Jeff Isherwood probably fixed it up because that shot is amazing. Mm. No? Yeah, okay. I mean... There, you have... Oh, go ahead, sorry. Uh, there, are, there are some good stuff. Just like with any other issue of Peter Parker, there's... There's some panels and pages that are really fantastic and well done. And then a lot of the other ones are extremely sloppy and confusing. And the characters aren't like meshing well together right. in the scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like small things like on on page uh, original 37, the bottom right panel, Spider-Man is kind of like holding uh, Black Cat's hand. But their right. hands are like mashed together. Where are his fingers? It's like he's phasing <laughs> through her. Yeah, it's so strange. Like you could the, say that. there's just like I, I, there's just strange moments where like the figure drawing doesn't look right, and it's it feels rushed in parts. Okay, what about digital page thirty-two, original page thirty-one? When Kingpin is he's got spider-man's entire body and he smashes him down to the ground i think that's a great shot yeah yeah again there are some really good stuff there's really some good stuff in here but i feel like it's it doesn't shine out as much when there's a lot of messy things i mean even some of the action is confusing Mm -hmm. and like the 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 panels don't do a really good job of telling the story of what's happening and a lot of the time they have to still describe what's going on because you can't, you, you can't always uh, get it. Right. I mean, I guess you can, you can also kind of see like with Kingpin ripping apart the, the, um, the stairs. It, it almost looks like he's climbing up the stairs in the one panel and then the next one it's like on the ground and he's like right, whipping it right, around. Right. It doesn't quite make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how big a room and, is this? Right. Or, right. or is that like an up angle? Like, is that, is that like from the ceiling looking down? Good because, point. Good because point. a few yep. panels later, the staircase is back to being upright again. Right. Yeah. And Spider-Man jumps down. So does he actually rip off the staircase or is this just a weird, like 
camera angle that we're looking at. Yeah, good point. But then I think the shadow, the shadow show makes it look like he's definitely ripped it off and he's trying to hit him with it. So. Right. Peter's See, just on top he, of the staircase and he's giving it little shakes to try to get him off. But even Spider-Man says, yeah, tearing the staircase right off the wall, you sure you're not a mutant or something? So he definitely tears it off. And you can see... I I agree with you. He does tear it off. What I'm saying is I would not have known for sure if they didn't say it. Right. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. So Uh, I didn't hate it. I didn't didn't hate the art. I just, I thought it was on par with most of the other uh, issues of Peter Parker. The spot well, is always great, though. Yes. <laughs> yes. Honestly, I gotta say the spot's uh, powers are so cool. Mm-hmm. Like and the like like we said, the fact that he could plant spots all around the city and then use them to to kind of like teleport, and the fact that Spider Man sticks his head into one of the spots to taunt him, right? That's so cool. And point his finger at him. It's so funny. What page yeah. was that on? I don't yeah. I don't remember what page that was on, but it was one of my favorite parts where he just like. Waggles oh. his finger in the polka dot dimension at him. Let me, oh, I gotta find that. <laughs> or like when the spot throws a bunch of spots at Peter and is like, you can't escape me. And then proceeds to like punch through a spot that's beside him. And then his fist emerges through uh, a spot mm-hmm. that's beside Spider-Man's head. And like, that's how he is able to like, um, he's, it's sort of like a ranged attack. It's like a ranged touched attack. And it, but melee and also really cool. But no, he doesn't. He's not holding anything. But it's really cool that he can do that with yeah. his right. body. It's page 28. Yeah, original 28. Yep. When he sticks his head in to yeah, wag his finger at him. That's great. I, and it's also the same page with the, with what Jolie was just describing too with the punches. Right. Yeah. It's brilliant. Oh, I, I also love later on, like after this fight, we we see him like cleaning up his spots. Like he's right. so great. Like he's literally got yes. an arm full of polka dots. Yes. And he just runs 33. into Felicia on the roof and it's kind of like a oh, this is embarrassing. Uh just kind of cleaning up here. And she's like, Yeah, I really don't want to fight you either. And he's like, Yeah, I just had a fight with your boyfriend. I'm just kind of trying to get my spots. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's not do this right now <laughs> yeah She's and like, it's I funny brooding to do yeah i got and i mean i i also love the attention to detail that he's using up so many spots that his costume becomes almost white mm-hmm. like that's so cool right like it's not just a costume <laughs> design those are actual moving spots that can be taken off and put back on that's so smart yeah i love it I, all of the men in one way or another are like just done with Felicia in this comic. <laughs> <laughs> she just looks so dejected after the spot disappears. She's like, oh, okay. You, you know, it It feels like everybody in this issue also knows that Felicia's being written out. Uh-huh. <laughs> they they know that she's done by the end of this issue. So they're like, oh, whatever. Just, just get out of here. Don't you have like a rooftop to go like be sat on? Kick kick dust yeah bye bye felicia when she's fighting the goons they just she runs into kingpin's office and they're like well she's uh, there she goes all right she's out of our hands now yeah (laughs) okay so i've got some news guys i thought that after this issue the spot disappeared and did not come back until mark wade's daredevil run but i was wrong he actually came back in spectacular spider-man number 246 and he formed a super villain team called the Legion of Losers. <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> with, my yes, God. With the Gibbon, 
the second kangaroo and the grizzly. Okay, <laughs> that's so kangaroo. weird because he's not a shitty villain, right? He is like, a he's... loser, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. well I guess he but he doesn't lose. That's true. He he, he never kind of a dork. He never does. He actually lose to Spider? Oh, I guess yeah. He he kind of like kind of loses here oh it's also called the spider-man revenge squad right which is awesome we have to play on the superman revenge squad that's so cool so of course the gibbon is there because these these guys are nothing but petty like the <laughs> gibbon. my goodness yeah what's the spot it. doing with these losers he's not a loser you got that right Aww. <sighs> well, oh well we love you spot and guess what? The issue in which they team up is inked by none other than Al Milgram. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. We'll get to that issue in a few years. But anyway. Also, fun fact <laughs> about the spot. He was roommates with uh, Mysterio in college. Really? That's what it oh, says cute. here. He's a <laughs> wow. he, he earned his doctorate at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, where he was roommates with Quentin Beck. Interesting. Nice. Wow. You learn something new every day. Wow. Um, okay, so I don't know. I, I think we've said all we can about Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man 100. Uh, I give it a. Here's the thing: if I were to reprint all these issues, I would probably skip over the last 11 issues of Peter Parker. I don't think anyone needs to really read these. Although, it, but the spot is good, so maybe just for the spot. Bex Luther, what do you think? Yeah, just for the spot. None of it. it matters at all it's just like the whole plot it's peter's sad and confused and none of it really matters like to the grand scheme of things like if it wasn't for black cat he wouldn't be going to kingpin if it wasn't for black cat he wouldn't be sad if it wasn't for black cat he would be at the beach right now like <laughs> that's how you know the bad luck powers are working on him uh-huh. he's going uh, at the beach gi julie are you ever going to read this again, G.I. Jolie? Um, I'm going to rip out the pages or print them out, whatever comes first, of the uh, Kingpin in a Speedo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to start myself a little scrapbook because it seems like that his, his, like, you know, his outfit of the day every day. So just <laughs> make myself a little vision board and aspire to be great. So no, I don't recommend this. Or right. nor am I going to be reading it anytime soon. Joshua Mervell, do you recommend this issue? Are you going to read it again? No, I, no, I don't think I'll ever revisit this. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, I, I think I'll just leave it at that. No, no. All right, so that wraps no. up uh, Al Milgram's run. He's actually been on this for a long time as a penciler and inker, and now as a writer. This is his last issue as a writer. He'll be back in some form or another in future issues, but this is the end of his run. We'll be getting to the new regular writer soon. We're not going to spoil who it is, though. But, um, yeah, after this, we'll see a few fill-ins. Uh, again, like we said, Peter uh, Marvel team-up is done, so Web of Spider-Man is coming very soon. Uh, and Amazing Spider-Man is business as usual. So that's what you got coming up in future uh, episodes of here comes the spider cast. We want to thank G.I. Jolie for joining us again. Mm -hmm. And she's on, to, she's on to the next thing. And we want to thank Bex Luther for joining us. Bex Luther, I hope you can join us every week. 
Uh, I work next Wednesday, so. Okay, so this is your last episode. All right. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Um, I will try. I will try. I love coming out here and talking about Spider-Man. We're going to cut right. to Becca, like, being sad on a, on a rooftop. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and full leathers, and nobody wants to talk to me. Oh. Full leathers and a wig. Yeah. As usual. You know, <laughs> just just my casual wear. <laughs> and a big mm-hmm. pig pen like dust bubble around you. Oh, obviously because <laughs> yeah. I'm filthy. <laughs> no, no, no. Mike's no, words, no. not mine. <laughs> <laughs> No, that what I just said makes up for the uh, for the opening intro. So hope all is good now. But anyway, <laughs> okay. So anyway, Josh, you can take it from here. Yeah, we we want to thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, it really helps when you leave us a review over on Apple Podcast, or if you can drop us a line at Twitter uh, at at hct. Did I say that right? At at hct spidercast. Um, it really helps when you guys let us know what you think about the issues that we're reading and what you think about the podcast itself. We definitely want to keep that conversation going. That's right. So until next Monday, spider friends, go for it. <laughs> oh.